Psalm 128, often called by our forefathers as the marriage and family psalm. Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children, like all the plants, round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children in peace upon Israel. Let's pray. Can you get this down? Thank you. Dear Lord, we bow before thee in these moments and we thank thee so much for the opportunity to deal with another important issue as family that we as parents would be truly happy in the fear of God. And that in this year also, as we meet for this class for the first time in 2024, that we would have truly happy parenting in our homes, that we would represent the joy of knowing Christ, loving him, as we heard this morning in the service, and that we would, when we would open our mouths and speak and teach our children, that the joy of the Lord, the childlike fear of the Lord would predominate so that our children would be able to say, my mommy, my daddy are very happy people in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us now, Lord, as we talk about happy parenting. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, life is complicated. When you have children, it's even more complicated. Isn't that true? Children have a way of bringing lots of love with them into the world, and you love them, but life just becomes so much more complex. One good thing about that is that children help us become less self-centered because we've got so many cares on our shoulders. The challenge, however, is when you have children, and especially as the children multiply, it's easy to become frazzled and overwhelmed. And you ask yourself, how can I enjoy life? I'm just going from one thing to the other. It's just kind of, well, I feel like I'm drowning. How can I be happy? I can't find time to be happy <laughs> because I'm, I'm always doing what I have to do and there's so many things to do I can't keep up. Well, the secret to being a happy parent actually lies in this chapter. 
Whenever a psalm repeats something twice in the chapter, you can know that this is the theme of that psalm. And that's what you see in Psalm 128. Verse 1 says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Verse 4 says, Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. So you know that fearing the Lord is the theme of this psalm. And you know because the word blessed is used twice that what the psalmist is saying is that the man who fears the Lord will be truly blessed. Now, I think you probably know the difference between blessed and happy. Maybe the best definition of blessed is truly happy. That's why I put it in my title. Happy from the inside out. And there's a big difference between being externally happy and being internally happy. Don't you think? You see, if you're if you're truly happy from the inside out, your happiness does not depend on outward circumstances. It doesn't even depend on how your children are behaving that day. But if you're happy just when things go well, externally, you see, then your state of mind is susceptible to all kinds of fluctuations. And then how your kids behave today is a barometer or a thermometer that measures your happiness. So what the psalmist is saying is, I want to talk to you about a happiness that is inside of you, so deep, so deep, that circumstances cannot drown it. And when you translate that into parenting, the question then becomes a question of this little talk this morning. How can I be a truly happy, a blessed parent in 2024 and, of course, every other year as well? So this chapter is talking about our foundational relationships in life, our marriage, our, 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 our family, our happiness in the home, our happiness with a godly wife, and by implication, vice versa, with a fruitful home, with godly children, happiness in your worship, verse 5, happiness in your future, verse 6. It really encompasses all of life. And what it's saying is, you want to be truly happy? From the inside out, you have got to fear the Lord. That's the secret. And what does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, the fear of the Lord means a lot of things. I often define it this way. You've heard me say this from the pulpit. The fear of the Lord means that you esteem the smiles of God to be of greater value than the smiles of men. 
and the frowns of God to be of greater value than the frowns of men. In other words, when you fear God, God is number one, God is your supreme, and the goal of life, your life, is to please Him. You're not a people pleaser per se, you, you like to please people, but only when it's out of the fear of God. So God becomes the dominant person, the dominant force, the dominant power, the dominant will. When you, when, you have the, when you have the fear of God in you, you live in quorum Deo, in the face of God, and you're saying, what, Lord, dost thou want me to do? You live with a God consciousness in Christ, saved by his blood, so that God is your father, Christ is your elder brother, and the Holy Spirit is your indweller. And when you can say, like Samuel Rutherford could say, and I've quoted that to you many times as well, I don't know which divine person I love the most, but this I know, I love each of them and I need them all. When you can say that, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are the essence of your life, you see, then you are truly happy in the Lord. You find your joy in the Lord, and then that joy spills out over, out of that relationship with God, over the totality of your life. And so Nehemiah could say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, that doesn't mean you're happy or Happy in, in, in the sense of, oh, wow, my kids are really terrible today, so I'm happy. No, no, I'm talking about something much deeper. I'm talking about this. The disobedience of my children today. Yes, I'm concerned about that. Yes, I'm troubled about that. But fundamentally, it does not destroy my internal happiness in the Lord. Now, that can be a struggle for a true believer who does have this true happiness because we're always prone to gravitate back to external circumstances being our barometer. But what this man is saying, I think it's David in Psalm 128, is when we keep fearing the Lord, keep having this pervasive sense of God's character, Keep having this pervasive sense of God's presence. Keep having this pervasive sense of our obligation and our joy of living to Him. Then these things will not overwhelm us. Our fears will be taken to the Lord. Our anxieties will be taken to the Lord. Our trials will be taken to the Lord. And we will know what it means to be truly happy from within. Puritan John Brown said it this way, he who fears God with a childlike fear, that's a fear of awe and reverence and love. He who fears God need fear nothing else. He who fears God need fear nothing else. So a reverent, joyous fear of God is the key to faithfulness, is the key to joy in any situation. 
We had a man stay at our home one night, a, a minister. We, we really enjoyed that one, especially when our kids were young. We had a lot of the theological teachers over, stayed in our home, and lots of wonderful conversation. One morning, he just got up, and he walked to our, our back window, and he looked out, and he was just standing there all by himself. Suddenly, he just threw out his arms and said, Oh, the joy of the Lord. <laughs> I said, oh, you know, why did you, you say that right now? Does something make you really happy right now? He goes, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God, so why shouldn't I be happy? That's it, you see. God is your father. Christ is your elder brother, your savior. Holy Spirit is your inward sanctifier. Why shouldn't you have joy, even though you're surrounded with external problems? Even though you maybe have a prodigal son or daughter far from home. Even though maybe you're battling with cancer. You see, you're happy internally. And that spills over into your parenting. Into your parenting. Now, I'm going to tell you a story right now that I hope my wife doesn't mind. <laughs> uh, but, and I'm hoping you don't take it and say, wow, wow, I can't even come close to this and therefore there's no use trying. That's not the purpose of the story. The story I want to tell you is to show you that this is not a make-believe thing that I'm talking to you about. So my, my mother was one of the happiest people I've ever, ever seen in this world. And it's not that she didn't worry about things, but she was just always happy. Always happy. I had a friend when I was 15 years old who said something about, you can come over to my house if, if my mother's in a good mood. And I did not know what the word mood meant when I was 15 years old. I go, mood, what's that? What do you mean by mood? That's crazy. I should have known that, the definition of that word when I was six. But because my mother always was in a good mood, I'd rather say it this way, because she was always happy in the Lord, I really didn't have a concept for it. And so when she turned 80 years old, my wife asked her <laughs> this question. Mother, what did, what did you do when you were frustrated with your children? She was striking up conversation and just, she was feeling frustrated about a few things herself and wondered how my mother coped. And my mother thinks a little while and she goes, hmm, hmm. I, I, I don't know, dear. I just, sweetheart, I just, I just don't remember being frustrated with you. My wife goes, well, that's a big help. Then on the way home, we're driving home, and she says to me, didn't your mother ever get frustrated with you? And I'm going, hmm. I, I just don't ever remember her being frustrated with you know, it. I mean, it's like crazy. I know it's unrealistic. And I'm sure she was sometimes, so I, I don't want to exaggerate this. But there was, a, there was an impression always in the family of this quiet fear of God. We'd see on her knees here, we'd see her on her knees there. She'd be praying. 
for us. And we knew she was praying for us one by one. But in all our interactions, there was always a smile on her face. She was happy in the Lord. This is what I'm talking about. An internal fear of God that softens the heart, that makes you watchful, yes, against sin, that promotes godly conversation and self-denial and singleness of heart. I want to please God. I want to delight in God. I want to do his commandments. The fear of the Lord, said Thomas Watson, promotes a genuine spiritual joy. It's the morning star that ushers in the sunlight of comfort. John Bunyan says, The privileges of God-fearers are numerous. The God-fearer has a license to trust in the Lord. God is his teacher. He understands God's secrets. Christ is his hidden strength. God's eye is over him for good. He lacks no good things, for God is his Father, and the armies of heaven encamp round about him. So, the fear of the Lord, may I say it this way, fits you for true joy here on earth, and it prepares you for true joy hereafter in heaven. So the fear of the Lord is not something that makes you, as Isaiah says, it doesn't make you bow your head like a, like a bulrush and you've got this kind of fake piety. No, the fear of the Lord gives you an inward joy. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of parenting. I want to fear the Lord. And so then this wise man goes through these uh, different areas of life and says, they will permeate every area of life, this, this inner joy, when you, when you fear the Lord. Happy is the man, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. So look at verse 2 with me. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. So the man who fears the Lord, he's happy in his work. The mother who fears the Lord is happy in her work. There's a joy there, you see, because the work is done out of the fear of God. The work is done with a glorifying purpose in view. When you go to work in the morning, whether it's outside the home or it's inside the home with the children, you see, you approach the day when you fear the Lord dependent on God, trusting in his provision, trusting he will help you through the day. And so, You'll be happy in your work because you're grounded in God, in the presence of God, in the fear of God. But then verse 3, which is apropos to the topic this morning, you see, you, have ha you will have happiness in your home. When you are truly happy in the Lord, if your wife fears the Lord, she will be truly happy in the home. And your happiness, your internal happiness will be strengthened together as you talk about the ways of God. And what's going to be the result? Verse 3, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thy house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. You know, this, this is absolutely beautiful. What a beautiful picture this is. The blessed man, the blessed man, the truly happy man, who has a truly happy, 
God-fearing wife, a fruitful wife, produces, by God's grace, children that will be like them. Now, they have to be saved, of course. I'm not taking that for granted. But they'll be like olive plants round about the table. An olive plant drops its uh, leaves or and, and, and it goes into the soil right next to the olive, the, the main stalk of the olive plant. And then little olive plants grow up around it, and they look like, they look like the major, the, the, the parent olive plant. And so that's the picture here. Do you want to be truly happy? Well, think of this image of a vine about the sides of a house that suggests an all-encompassing companionship. You know how a vine clings to the house. Your wife will be as a fruitful vine by the sides of your house. She'll be close to you. She'll cling to you. You'll be one together in the Lord, one in the fear of the Lord. Like a vine clings to a house, the wife will cling to her husband, and, and, and the house will cling to the vine, as it were. And then the children will be like olive plants around about the table. Doesn't mean the children will always be obedient. Doesn't mean that you don't have to train them. Doesn't mean you have to say, don't have to say no a thousand times. But you, together as husband and wife, will have a mutual happiness internally that will make you a truly happy parent for the days to come. So, the blessed man has a happy house for himself and his wife where he treats his wife the way Christ treats the church, just loving her to pieces, as it were, just crazy in love with her. And the happy wife shows reverence and respect is submission to a loving husband. And when you follow the obedi in obedience what God says in Ephesians 5, you are fearing the Lord. It's out of the childlike fear of the Lord that wants to obey the Lord, that you follow the pattern in the Bible for marriage. And when you do that, you'll have, when both parties do that, you have incredible joy in your marriage. And that will spill over to your children as well. So that just sets an atmosphere in the home that is a happy home. As J.I. Packer said, the whole concept of the happy Christian home where the man is faithful to his wife and doesn't have a mistress on the side like so often in the medieval age or, or where Singleness is promoted above marriage. Think of the priestly system in the Roman Catholic Church. No, no, no. But the happy Christian home where the husband is doing his task out of the fear of God, loving his wife. She's doing her task out of fear of God, showing respect to her husband. That sets the happiness, the happy tone in the home, and the children will grow up in that truly happy atmosphere and normally will have deep impressions about the happiness of their father and mother. And when the Holy Spirit works in them also his salvation, they will enter into that happiness. And so, as Packer says, the idea of a happy Christian home where everyone is doing their duty out of fear of God, that is bequeathed to us by the Reformers and especially the Puritans. 
they saw, like no other group before them, that true happiness is always grounded in the childlike, loving fear of God. You know, when we used to all, now it's no longer the case because they're all married, but when we used to go to see my brother's home, my brother's uh, family and be in their home, be 13 children around that table. That's a lot of kids. But you know, my brother and his wife just loved each other and those kids got around that table and they loved each other and it was just such a happy home. Such a happy home. And you could see the happiness on my brother's face when he's surrounded by all those kids. You could feel it. But it's because it's grounded in the fear of God. Grounded in the fear of God. So the blessed man enjoys then, uh, verse 3 says, enjoys his children round about his dinner table. They're like olive trees, not like brambles. They're like olive trees because they produce the oil of gladness to him. And his young olive plants, they spring up around the parent stem and come back looking like, talking like their father and their mother. Mother. So like potted shoots that promise to become trees rich with olives later in life. The godly man's children embody God's covenantal promise of innumerable blessings for the future. Blessings that will endure to old age. What a beautiful picture of a happy parent and a happy married couple and a happy family living in the fear of God. And then if you live in the fear of God, Psalm 128 goes on to say, you'll actually be happy also in your worship. You'll be happy when you worship God in his sanctuary. Look at verse 5. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. This is talking about worship. Worship. You see, the core of the fear of God is worshiping God in his sanctuary, Worshiping God in your home, in family worship, and worshiping God privately, personally, between God and your own soul. And when you have that fear of God and you have genuine worship, and God is speaking to you through His Word, and you're speaking back to God in prayer, and you have this two-way communication, no, it's not always as good as you'd like it to be, of course not. We're still frail, we're still sinners, but you do know something of its sweetness. You are happy in your worship. You have a joy in worshiping God. It's your favorite thing to do. I want to worship Him with my whole being. You see, so that ties in with the whole family. The fear of God in the family is centered in family worship, and it spills out into every other area of family life. From there. And then finally, verse 6, you'll have happiness also in your future. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children in peace upon Israel. I, I, I love this verse in a way I, I never did 10 years ago because our oldest grandchildren, grandchild is seven. <laughs> but my wife and I were just in the grocery store last night and um, 
met a man I never met before, actually. He introduced himself and um, started telling us about one of his grandchildren being in the hospital. And we started talking about the treasure of having grandchildren. And uh, I said to him, you know, all the good things that people say to you about it, it's better than everything they say. And he said, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then he said this. He said, when I contemplate my grandchildren, I can't help but think of, these, of, this, of this legacy I'm leaving behind of the fear of God. I can't help but think of God's covenant faithfulness. I, I, I said that back to him. And we were talking about the joys, the internal happiness coming from being, being, being uh, augmented by, by grandchildren and, and seeing God's goodness in, in the grandchildren and particularly in seeing peace upon Israel, seeing grandchildren brought to know the Lord. I mean, what a joy that is. So when you have this internal joy, you see, it's not just for you, it's not just for your children, it's not even just for your grandchildren, it's for your great-grandchildren, it's for great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren if Jesus tarries, that you will never know. You will never know. Have you ever read the legacy? Have you seen one of those articles of the legacy of Jonathan Edwards' family? There's some, you can Google it. Uh, you, you'll find it. Just the, the legacy of Jonathan Edwards. It's amazing how many hundreds of God-fearing people came out of that family. And they were leaders up to the vice president of the United States and huh, many, many ministers and leaders in their community. And they were God-fearing people for generations. All flowing out of this happy parenting in the Lord. Edwards and his wife themselves had a, one of their biographers calls the book The Uncommon Union between Jonathan and Sarah Edwards. They had this beautiful bond in the Lord. Edwards wasn't exactly an easy man to live with. Um, he had some difficult idiosyncrasies, but uh, his wife coped well with them. And together, they really loved the Lord and were truly happy in the Lord. So thou shalt see thy children's children in peace upon Israel. Peace upon Israel. A genuine inner peace. That's what we want. So what's the lesson of all of this? The lesson of all of this is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the other side benefits will accrue unto you. And when you have Christ and his righteousness, the center of your life, you will fear the Lord. And you will have true, happy parenting in the Lord. So I'm going to close by turning this psalm into a prayer. I have it written out here. I'll just read it to you. It's just something I drafted up from Psalm 128. And if you follow along Psalm 128, you can see what I'm doing I call it a lifelong marriage prayer, actually, marriage slash family prayer. Lord, bless us as a married couple with the fear of thy name, so that we may walk in thy ways, so that we may eat the labor of our hands, so that we may be truly happy, so that 
it shall be well with us. Let my wife be as a fruitful vine in our home and grace us with happy children who also fear God and who may be like olive plants round about our table. Teach me, Lord, that if I fear thee as head of the home, many blessings shall accrue to us. Bless us in worshiping thee in thy house. Grant us to see thy church prosper all the days of our lives. Let the fear of God lead us to true blessedness at work, in the family home, and in thy house, so that, for Christ's sake, we may see our children's children and peace upon thy spiritual Israel in this life and a better forever. May God bless you with true internal happiness in the fear of God to the glory of his triune name. Coming weeks, we're going to look at some problems in family. It's not always this ideal, but I want you to aim for the highest, okay? Aim for the fear of God, truly happy from within. Let's pray. Gracious God, we ask thy blessing upon this little talk and pray that the fear of God, the fear of God may permeate our hearts and that we may walk in obedience, joyful obedience to thy word and to thy will and be true members, as we heard this morning in church, of thy kingdom, that we might seek thy kingdom first the king of the kingdom first, his righteousness, knowing that all other blessings shall accrue to us. So bless us all, keep us close to thee, and help us to walk in the fear of the Lord all the day long, esteeming thy smiles and frowns greater in value than the smiles and frowns of people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.